All right, afternoon. Afternoon. Let me know who's on so I can start straight away. Good afternoon, Marion. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'll wait because I know people would expect for there to be the intro and whatever. Good afternoon, everyone. Afternoon, afternoon, afternoon. I'll just give this about a minute or so because I'm going to go straight into a scripture so I don't want you to miss anything. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon to HOX, of course. Good afternoon. I know we're slap bang um, in the middle of the day. Apologies. I do hope, um, and I, I, I say this with with much hesitation though, um, I do hope to give you more or to give you days that you should expect me on so that you can arrange your houses better and not have me interrupt um, the many busy, in quote, things that you may be doing. Okay, I think this is enough. I've seen some of the leaders, not all, but I will assume that everyone's listening. I didn't give you the scripture, Mark chapter 12. Pastor Toby started or went into the conversation of wisdom yesterday. And I want you to hear everything I'll say to you this afternoon. That wisdom is something that God really wants us to have, to walk in, to totally know. It is of great importance. And it's for that reason I want to just touch on one or two things that makes us grow in the knowledge of Scripture in the area of understanding wisdom. Now, why did I have to say it like that? One, it is possible to be devoted to the reading of Scripture and not know it. Yeah? So I'm going to need all of you to be interacting with me, even if it's one or two people, but I need people interacting with me. It, it is important, and I need to emphasize this point, and I'm going to give you scripture for this thought, yeah? It is possible to be devoted to listening to SoundCloud. It is, import it's a, it is possible, sorry, to be devoted to the reading of scripture, but not know it. And you see, why that is very detrimental is because even in your expanse or your expanded level or knowledge of scripture, if you do not know scripture, it is possible, or if you do not know scripture, what happens is that you therefore deny the power thereof. So let's look at Mark 12 quickly. I want you to read from verse 24. The story here. And this is just a quick point before I go to the next points. <coughs> the quick, the point that I need you to hear, if, or the story behind this, is the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Christ and they were asking about the story of, or they were asking about the truth behind the resurrection, but they were trying to use this through the topic of marriage. So read from verse 24. Um, Mark chapter 12, verse 24. Look at how Jesus decided to respond to these people. Go on. Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? Who was Christ speaking to? He was speaking 
to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were men who gave their devotion to the reading of the Torah. These were men who were disciplined enough, trained enough to read scripture back to back. So they knew, in quote, and forgive me because of limited of um, words to use here, the limitation of words to use here, but they knew what happened in the book of Genesis. But Christ confronts them because of their error. He says that you do not know the scriptures. Now, I would understand if he said that to an unbeliever. If I walk up to somebody and say, what does John chapter 2 verse 7 say? I'll be, I won't be surprised if an unbeliever doesn't know it. But when someone whose occupation depends on the total reading of scriptures, I would find this response from Christ to be very interesting because he says, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures? To the common man, a Pharisee knows the scripture. Are you following me? But Christ says, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? So listen to this. If a person does not really know the scripture, this knowing is like how a man knows his wife. Yeah, this is like the kind of knowledge that God has for each of his children. If you do not really know the scriptures, what you would deny over your life is the power of God. Now, why did I start with this scripture? Because when PT starts to speak to us about wisdom, when he starts to tell us that the key to a city, the key to God's treasure is wisdom, is the fear of God, I want you to take note of what I'm about to say. If you do not have that applied in your life, you can possibly know scripture because it's been read to you but you will not really know it. And what will be the consequence to that? You'll be someone going to church every Sunday, every Thursday. You'll be someone listening to SoundCloud every day. You'll be someone who is constantly here when Pastor Obi is speaking. But the problem is, is that there will be no power attributed to your knowledge because you do not really know scripture. So I've started here because it needs to be our initial thought for where I'm taking you today. Are you not in error? If a man is void of God's power, they are in error. Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? Verse 25. Quickly run through this part. Go on. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Mm -hmm. Now about the dead rising. Have you not read in the book of Moses... In the account of the burning bush. Look at how, look, please, uh, uh, you see for me, the reason why word can bubble in me is because I have interest in it. Look at this. He addresses the whole marriage topic, but that's not our point. But verse 26, he now goes on to say, now about the dead rising, because that was their main question. That was their main argument. He says, have you not read in the book of Moses? In the account of the burning bush, please Christ, what are you going to tell me here that makes me understand life after death? He says, now about the dead rising, yeah? Have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham. 
the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Stop there. Who was God talking to? For me to know that everyone's on with me. Who was God? Who was Christ speaking um, about here? So he says, God spoke to somebody saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Who was God speaking to in that account? I'm going to actually pause here to make sure that I get the answer I'm looking for. I just want to know that you're on with me because if not, this scripture would just sound like you're just saying stuff. Yeah. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Who is God speaking to here? Don't worry, I'm going to take my time. It's fine. These things are important that we understand. They're important that we acknowledge. Okay, so we've said Moses. So now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, who was God speaking to? Moses. What does he say to Moses? I am the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Do you know why this scripture is very interesting? Because God, Christ is trying to use this account of God speaking to Moses as evidence that God is the God of the living, but not the dead. So I'm guessing that Afro, Elarcon, Lillian, Kelvin, Barbara are the only ones listening to me. That's fine. It says that I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Why is this important? Why is this also interesting? Christ is trying to, to sell something. He's trying to confirm a point that, that there's life after death. Yet, the story he wants to use is God telling a man that is alive that he's the God of dead people. When God was speaking to Moses, Abraham has already lived and died. God, um, Isaac had already lived and died. Jacob had already lived and also died. Then the next comment that Christ made is, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Now, do you know why I wanted to make this as a foundational scripture today? And why I wanted to see the interaction of everyone? Because reading that, at face value, you would say that God was boasting that he's the God of the dead people. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was dead. Christ had to tell them because he knows scripture, because he is it. He had to tell them that you see your reading of scripture is not truth, even though you can read. Uh, uh, let me repeat this. The reading of scripture, yeah? does not guarantee truth to you. How do I say this now? So, why is it that, Pastor Obi, when you're speaking, you're constantly saying, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Because at face value of the word, you can never get the understanding of what it's saying. You know the, the 27, the verse 27, when it says, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living and that you are badly mistaken. I hope you know that in the account of God, maybe go there, Exodus 3 quickly. Don't take it off. Let me just go there. You stay where you are. Exodus chapter 3. 
Let me show you something. Exodus, I'm looking for when he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, cool. Verse 15. He says, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now, why am I emphasizing or why am I drilling this point? Because this is not my point. This is just to give you, what would I say this is? This is just to give you a thought to have every time you're listening to the word. Every time you're listening to the word, I want you to have a foundational thought so that you can find truth. On the account of Exodus, when God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm speaking about wisdom and love. When God said that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he did not need to tell Moses at that moment that these men are not actually dead, but they are alive. But upon reading it in our account, we would think he is accounting the, the God that was with these dead people when they were alive. Christ now says that when God, because remember what Christ is addressing here, the matter of resurrection. He says now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead. What Christ who knows scripture because he is scripture, what he began to impart or what he was trying to teach these men was that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, contrary to what your mind will read into that story, they are not dead. They are alive. Meaning that, and you would ask yourself, God, why didn't you just say you're the God of Abraham? Because there's much more than Abraham that God was trying to show here. What God was trying to show here was the pattern of covenant that keeps men alive. If God says that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what you see there is a pattern of covenant that keeps men alive. So he says you are badly mistaken because your knowledge, your understanding will only see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as dead men who lived walking with God. But what Christ was saying is that you are badly, did you, uh, I don't understand if you, I hope you hear me. He says that not only are you mistaken, as someone who is devoted to scripture, you are badly mistaken. You are so far from the truth. You are given unto error. Why? Because of the first statement we saw in 24. You do not know scripture. You read it. You have the Bible next to your bed. You have SoundCloud at your beckon and call. But you do not understand. You do not know scriptures. And because you do not know it, you do not have, therefore, working in your life, the power of God. I want you to understand that you see this book that we're reading, yeah? It is not a history book. Can I establish that thought in you as we get into scripture? So all of this was just a point to lead you somewhere. 
everything you see in scripture right now is not history. You will think it's history if you do not know scripture. Because you would consider these men as dead men, which makes it history. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? You would think of, when you're talking about Isaiah, you'll think of him as a dead man. If you are only just reading, but have not been given insight into what scripture is actually trying to tell you. Because the Bible here is not a history book. It is a life manual. It's an instruction manual. I'm going to show you something from Genesis in a moment. And then you will understand, hopefully, maybe one or two of you or the first seven that I saw respond. Maybe you were here. And maybe from today, we will begin to push towards really knowing scripture as opposed to just stating it. Yeah, so when you're doing a word charge or when you're leading prayers, you have to ask yourself the question, do you really know scriptures? Because until then, you cannot know its power. Why is it that Christians go to church every Sunday and every church services, but we cannot see power being seen or wrought through their life? It's because they do not really know the scriptures. Look at the indictment. That Christ bought against the, the Sadducees, I believe. He bought against them that even though you study day and night, even though you speak in the synagogues, you do not know scripture. Yes, you are devoted to it, but you do not know scripture. That's why he can say at one point that, you see, the scriptures, you search the scriptures looking for life. But these are they that testify of me. You see, these were men that had the luxury of opening up the Bible or having it being taught to them or spoken to them, but they had not got to the place where they know it. And because they do not know it, they cannot know its power. Now, I've laid this as a foundation, almost even not part of this word. If I'm to start the word, I'm starting it now. But this is maybe to help you and I to know that this scripture that we read or that we hear Pastor Toby preach, or any of the leaders preach, it is more than what we can take at face value. Don't forget scriptures. Like the carnal man can never understand the spirit. If you yourself as a Razim, or you yourself as a Tomua, or as a Nikisha, if you cannot create for yourself a continuing power, if you cannot remain in a staying power, what do I mean by that? If you cannot maintain a realm in your life, you will approach the word as a carnal man. And even if Pastor Obi keeps saying, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? If I spend an hour repeating the same scripture, you still won't know it. Because the carnal man cannot receive that which is from the spirit. You yourself have to be in that realm to understand the, the ordinances to know the, the, the facts, the truths of that realm. Do you understand that? In case that's too hard for you to understand, let me give you a very simple, practical illustration. If I go to a remote place in Spain and I do not know how to speak Spanish and the people in Spain do not know how to speak English, even though they are talking to me, I cannot understand what they're saying. Even if after time, I hear them repeating the same thing, eventually, because of reason of time, I'll be able to almost say what they're saying. 
it doesn't mean I understand what they're saying. So unless you're in that same realm, you cannot really make use of what you're hearing. That's what I'm trying to say to you, COD. So it's upon this foundation that I want to now get into the word. And I want us to look at the things that PT, why is it that PT can start the word yesterday and draw our attention to the first word that he took us through on the first day service, which is the fear of God, the key to God's treasure. And yesterday he went further into showing us scriptures upon wisdom. So if you have the time this afternoon, I want you to follow me in the reading of a few scriptures. I'm going to give you some scriptures to read, if you may. Job chapter 28. I want us to read verse 28 again. Let's get into this. Go for it, sir. And he said to the human race. What did he say to the human race? Go on. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. First thing I want you to read, it says, and he said to the human race, he specified a people. He separated a people. You know, if I had the time to get into conversations, you would see that there are many things that makes us likened to an animal. Yet it is the, the spiritual sense or the spiritual awareness Meaning that we believe we are made in the image of somebody that makes, us not, that makes us not operate or class ourselves like other animals. For example, sorry if this sounds a bit explicit, but an animal has to release, relieve themselves, yeah? Relieve themselves, right? Whether that's passing of waste, whether that's sexual mating, mating with another animal. These are things that human beings do. But what separates a human being and an animal? An animal has no concern for where they do it. A man has a sense of spiritual order. History and culture will call it, will call it rituals. Meaning, for example, an animal can go into a pond and wash itself. It doesn't matter, right? A woman or a man that is decent, because of their awareness of certain things over their life, they're spiritual in nature. If they want to wash themselves, they don't wash themselves out in the open. They go into a bathroom. The same thing with an animal. It passes waste. And that's fine. We too passed waste. But guess what? What happens is that in that sense... We are like animals or animals are like us. But what separates us from animals? We are aware of something more divine. There is something that separates us. There's a godliness. There's a spirit. You know, how do you measure someone that is spiritual? They have rituals. Forget spiritual in terms of God. If you want to know a, 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 a witch, for example... There's certain rituals she will practice that separates her. So you, the way you shower has become the norm for you. But it's actually a ritual onto your spirituality. Do you understand these things? So God had to say to the human race because even though the activities of an animal can be so like the human the human is different in the sense that there's a spirit that speaks to them. 
there is a God that communicates to them. That tells them that, they are, that you are more and separated from an animal. So when the world tells you that you're an animal, you know that this is a world that does not recognize God because God pulls you out of that. So he says, and he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. What is wisdom? The fear of the Lord. Did you read that? Are you sure you read that? Don't forget the scripture I've just read to you in Mark 12. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. We read this whole chapter yesterday. You would see Job explaining how far and how wide, how far men had to go in attempt to find God's wisdom. That death and destruction even said that they've only but heard a rumor about it. But God tells us, because if I had time, I would have taken you in scriptures when God will actually say, do not say to yourself, who will go to the heavens to get this down from us? Or do not say who will go to the depths of the earth to bring it up for us. For the word is near thee. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Meaning that the thing that is far away for the carnal man is very close to you as the spiritual. Oh, uh, the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. So P.T. said to us that it is not how brilliant you are that gives you the key into a city. It is not how connected you are that gives you entry and gives you all the luxury of a city. He says it is the fear of the Lord which brings about what? Wisdom. Let's read some more scriptures Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Why is this important? And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Why is this important? Verse 11. For through wisdom, your days will be many. Through wisdom, not through you keeping healthy. It is through wisdom that your days will be many, meaning that you will be bountiful. There will be an abundance about you and years will be added to your life. Again, how? Through wisdom. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Did you hear that? It is not your look. It is your wisdom. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Now, in your own time, go through that scripture and you will start to see. So PT actually started to say to us that wisdom is, or he started to pose the question to us or ask us the question, what is the fear of the Lord? What we have noticed is that the fear of the Lord is the gateway. It's the way to wisdom. What would you be rewarded upon? Verse 12, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. So in this life, if I say to somebody that you should grow in value, you see the problem why I had to start with Mark 12 is because most things at face value, you cannot understand to bring the power of it. It's going to take for you to be in that realm to understand what it means to increase your value. You know, that was something I was speaking to one of your sisters today and it almost sounds like play. But these words are spiritual. 
And like I gave with the illustration that unless you too can understand the Spanish language, you cannot hear and therefore understand and therefore act out what a Spanish person is saying to you. Are you sure you understand what I'm saying to you? Are you sure, Nikisha? Okay. So it says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. So how do we add value to ourselves? We grow in wisdom. Wisdom is the gateway to the city. COD, are you on with me? Um, um, wisdom is the gateway to the city. But how do we even attain wisdom? Because the carnal man will go far and wide and do the impossible and still not be able to find wisdom. The only way to wisdom is through fearing the Lord. In a simple way today, what does the fear of the Lord mean? So scripture and PT told us that the fear of the Lord is what? Humility. He said humility is the fear of the Lord. But before we get there, you know, Pastor Toby was saying to us, so, you know, we went into the Ezekiel, the prophet, and God had sanctioned or had commanded the prophet to speak a prophecy to the king of Tyre. He said to him, and it was through that scripture where PT began yesterday, that we understand that what attributes godliness to a mere mortal is his capacity of wisdom. Do you remember that when PT said that? I'm not going to go there today. But the capacity of wisdom that is attributed to a Paris is what would make someone say she's godly or not. It is through wisdom that we can account God. So why is this important? God actually has to keep emphasizing to us that, you know what is principle, what is first amongst all is wisdom. You will hear me in a moment. He says that wisdom is principle. It is first amongst all things. If I want to lead a HOX, it is not going to be zeal. It is not going to be um, 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 how smart I am. It's going to be if I have tapped into the realm of wisdom. If I'm going to know how to manage HOI, it's going to be simply... Have I tapped into the realm of wisdom? If I do not tap into the realm of wisdom, I cannot have entry to the treasures that are actually there. So this is why we have to emphasize, and again, I'm going through saying that that's why I had to start off with Mark 12, because there are things you can read and with the capacity of your mind, understand. But it's not true to scripture. Like, God saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Christ using that to say that God is basically saying that he's the God of the living, not the dead. But these are dead men. These are dead men according to carnal men, but to the spirit, they are alive through covenant. But let me not go ahead of myself. So God emphasizes wisdom to us. He says to us that the city, the gateway, the entry into the city is that fear of God. Because that fear will bring us into wisdom. Let's read Psalm 25 verse 14 in the New King James quickly. And then we can move on. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Remember I said I want to speak to you about the fear, wisdom, and then ultimately love. That's where I want to get to. But I have to go through this procedure. Go on. 
The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and what would he do? And he will show them his covenant. And he will show them his covenant. It is the covenant that keeps us alive and re relevant. Now, when God was dealing through the prophet Ezekiel with the king of Tyre, he said that, look, you think you are a God because in your own eyes you are wise. But you see, how we know that this is not the wisdom of God is that he posed the question to the king. He said, are there not still secrets that are hidden and kept from you? What God wants to reveal to you, Paris, what God wants to re reveal to you, Imi, Pastor Enrique, Lillian, Sicily, is this. He wants to reveal to you secrets. What increases your value is what you know that the other person does not know. This is why God says we should fear him. Because the fear of God is what allows God to reveal the secrets to impute the secrets of God. How do we as the COD family grow to being a people that can reach thousands of people as instructed? You see, when we hear it, we can shout, yes, sir, 2,000 people. Yes, sir. So, but unless you have wisdom, which is given to you through fearing God, you cannot know the secret to making that happen because you have to know that the increase of people must be a secret, if not everyone should be able to increase people. Are you sure you're listening to what I'm saying? Money making must have secrets to it. Do you know why I'm saying this? Because lately in my heart, after, sun, after Monday, after we sold, yeah, after we sold something, what God laid on my heart is that now COD has to get to a place where it's 250K we can bring monthly to PT. Now, you see the problem with that now is that the mind will think you're just calling numbers. I said this to Fortress the other day. It will sound like you're calling numbers. But you see what I realized from the word that God has been teaching us this week is this, that it will take you wisdom. It will have to be wisdom. Listen, there is no effort. There are no efforts of men that can take you to where wisdom is, Nikisha. It's your only way to access wisdom, which gives you entry into everything called God's treasure, which includes the hearts of men. The only way to that wisdom is through fearing God. So when we say humility is the fear of the Lord, let me make it simple to you so you understand what fear of the Lord is. If you want to see a man who succeeds, Let's take as our template, Pastor Toby. We've said the story many times. 25 years of age, came to this country, having never come here before. Uh, um, he had no money. The clothes he had was that which he was wearing. How did he get to a place where across London, across the United Kingdom, across the world, he's now someone that everyone's looking for and looking at? How did he get there? He had no clothes, but he had wisdom. Wisdom is what will bring riches and wealth to you. Honor. That's what scripture says. But guess what? When we observe a Pastor Toby, what are the key things that you can say that you observe consistent with PT if we talk about the fear of God? If you want to define the fear of God for you, you look at your leader. So what do I see in Pastor Toby? If I say the fear of God, what am I trying to say to you, COD? Why am I going all over the place to this point? 
The fear of God is simply your regard for him. I want to make it as simple as possible because the next thing I will say to you is something that you've heard over and over again. It's, it's things that you've heard before. But you see, the reason why the power of it never worked with us is because we disregarded it. The fear for someone is your respect for them. It's how you regard them. That is beyond what, you know, you don't really respect someone if you bow before them in their presence, but behind closed doors, you disregard them. The fear of the Lord is how you regard God. Oh, God. Is how you see him. How do we see God in our day? I said to some people, I think I was speaking to Pastor Glody yesterday, that the Bible says that out of the abundance of your heart, you speak. So how would you know the heart of somebody? Their words. And the Bible says of David that David was a man after God's heart. God himself is spirit. So how was David after the heart of a spirit? The scripture already told us the heart of somebody. Their words. So then you will see through Psalms, David saying, oh, how I love your word. He was someone, so what am I trying to say to you? The reason why David prospered was because he was found wise. He was found wise, how? Because he regarded, he respected, he reverenced God's word. You want to see a man who's prospering. What you would see in their life is their regard for the word. What I hope to do over the next couple of weeks or however God decides to speak, so let me not even cap it, is make you see the move of God even in the Gentile world. Because quickly you will begin to pull yourself away from people who are actually doing what God has asked them to do. Not today. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1 quickly. So are you still with me, COD? I know it's middle of the day, but again, I understand God's word. There's, let me say something to you in case you think this. It's not possible for you to miss what is yours because you're listening to the word. Never. That means that you have regarded something else as your source. Let me repeat this because sometimes, and I, I have to say this because sometimes I do think it too. Sometimes I think, oh, no, you should have spoken right early in the day so that everyone could do what they're doing. Let me repeat it. You can never miss what is yours because you were hearing the word. It's not possible. The moment when the word comes to interrupt what you're doing is to tell you that there's something more superior to what you're after. Let's leave it as that. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Read for me from verse 1. Go on. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Okay. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Whatever God has given to you, you will get them, how? By following what you're being taught. 
Carry on reading. We'll get to it. Go on. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. Mm -hmm. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me. Pay attention from here. Go on. So that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. What's your duty? What's the duty of your leader? What's my duty for you? My duty is not to teach you business. My duty is to teach you the word. That in hearing the word, you will hear how to do business. Did you hear what I've said to you? Because you see, at some point when I get back to teaching you about Adam and Eve again, yeah, or what God was trying to show us with Adam and Eve, if you don't hear what I'm saying now, Adam and Eve is just a story you've heard before. But like I said to you a moment ago, that this Bible is not a history book. It's a life manual. This Bible, every single thing you find in this and that is spoken by utterance is what will make Glody in his day, age, and generation. If he regards it as a history book, all he will be doing is gathering knowledge that he can never use. So you have to say to yourself this afternoon that this word is actually for me. I have said constantly, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing in this life, but it is in the discovery or the knowing of scripture, really knowing now, that I start to know who I am. That's why the Bible says, as I see him, we see ourselves. As we, in this, it's in his light, we see light. As we see Christ, we become more like him. Now, look at what the Bible says, because you have to ask yourself the question, what is it that God wants to do with each and every one of us? Why is Nadley in America? Why is she privy to hear what we hear in the nation? Why is it her instead of her neighbor that's hearing the word of God? I need you to keep this in mind that there's one thing ultimately that God is trying to do. And let me just say this, and I'll give you points to, to, to back this. What God wants to do is to get you to a place where you regard him. You reverence him. You highly esteem his words. You take his words seriously. And what would that do? It will prove your way as wise. Let me tell you something about wisdom. Wisdom is not outside of you. Wisdom is accessed and manifested when you regard him. That's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So let me just give a little instance. If the Bible, because this is where I'm going to take you. If the Bible says love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, body, everything, yeah? Then goes to say love your neighbor as yourself. The more I highly esteem that scripture, that word, I regard it. I reverence it. You know, when you regard highly esteem, you did or somebody, it means you would do, you would serve that person, right? So I serve God's cause. God tells me to do these things. And I don't say because of the way someone spoke to me, I cannot love them. 
because I esteem someone higher than that person. Do you understand that? So because of what God says, he says, irrespective of what they do, love them. Guess what happens? The more I regard him by following that word, I am proved as wisdom to the world. I need you to think of the scripture where the Bible says, and Christ has been made for us wisdom. How was he made wisdom? Uh, how was Christ made wisdom? He feared God. The things that Christ, uh, that God said, he did. He regarded it more than his own sentimental attachment to his family. He regarded it more than Peter's zeal and love for him not to die. He regarded it more than his age. He could have said that, why should I die at such a young age? Why should I die in such a way? He regarded God's word more than every other thing. So it was in his fear, his regard for God, that he was proved, made wisdom to everyone. Do you understand that? Shall I give you more examples? Joseph. What was the ultimate of Joseph? Joseph was made to be wisdom to the world. The world did not know. The wise men did... Are you listening to me, COD? The wise men did not know how to manage during the time of famine. In fact, they did not know it was even coming. But how did Joseph become wisdom in Egypt and to the whole world? His regard for God. When behind closed doors, Potiphar's wife was nudging him to, dis to disregard his God by sleeping with her, he refused to sleep with her not because he didn't have the opportunity to do it and hide it. He didn't sleep with her simply because he regarded God. What was that doing? Every regard for God, every fear of the Lord was making him wisdom for Egypt. Do you understand that, guys? So, yes, when PT said to us back in our first service that, you see, humility means humiliation, means crushing, means shame. God's word naturally puts you in a position, but it puts you in a state, a position that makes you into wisdom. Do you understand that? Okay, before we look, look, read verse six. Observe them carefully. Go on. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. Listen, it's not that you will pray or add wisdom to you from outside. It says in your observation of these commands and words, this will show your wisdom. I, I, I need to say this as simple as possible so that the COD family can walk in the power and wealth that God has pertained or God has arranged for us. He says in your observation, so uh, uh, Nikisha, a uh, pastor Nikisha, hears a word and she, she regards sorry, that word more than anything more than her feelings, more than her abundance or lack. She regards that word. You see that word? She will not defile that word for anything. She will hold on to it. She keeps that word. She highly esteems that word. She's observing it carefully. Have you seen this, the word carefully there? You know, most of us, the reason why the power of God is not seen in our lives is because we're not careful with the word of God. We do not observe his word. 
You know, so and Nikisha chooses to observe God's word at all costs. What happens? She is made through different situations. So because, yes, she's observing God's word, which the world is not doing, she will look like shame to everybody else. But she will not have shame. Because the Bible says that you will not be put to shame. Meaning that whatever you're doing will not be found empty. There will be a result of what you're doing. So her highly esteeming of God's word, what would that do? It puts her in a position that in that regard for God's word, she's naturally shown as wisdom. I'm going to have to keep repeating this. This is beyond you speaking the word of wisdom. The Bible, do you hear what scripture said? The Bible said that the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. It doesn't say that the fear of the Lord, Job 28 verse 28, it doesn't say that the fear of the Lord will produce wisdom. It says the fear of the Lord is wisdom. Oh God. It says, oh my God, it says that that is wisdom. My fear for the for my fear of the Lord is wisdom. So read verse 6 again. Or it said, I said, Job 20, 28, I don't know why you changed it, but thank you anyway. He says, and he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. You know, the moment you see that, it's not saying that it will produce it. It says, the fear of the Lord is actually wisdom. So COD, all the house leaders, all the soldiers in COD, what God is saying is that you see the wisdom that will give you key, that will give you the entry into cities is hidden in your fear for the Lord. So if we don't see wisdom, what are we actually seeing in one another? A man, a woman who does not fear God. A man, a woman who is there in service saying, there in service saying yes, sir, but they have not regarded, they've disregarded it. Yes, they shout yes, sir, because they honor the image of PT. But you see the word that even made PT. They disregard it. It's not too important. If someone offends me, my offense is higher than my need to regard what God says in loving and forgiving. And that is the reason why we can hear the word. We can even quote it. But you see the power that should come out of the word, we don't see it. Because the wisdom of God that brings long life, riches, go to Proverbs and you would see it for yourself. It says it brings riches, long life, honor, wealth. That wisdom is produced when you fear. So in case you want to hear what I'm saying and you don't want to forget it, just remember that every time you see the fear of the Lord, it means you regard the Lord. If God says to Pastor Obi, I want the bond of love between you and Pastor Ashley to be strengthened. What does that mean? It is my most important thing in my life. Irrespective of what is around, I'm going to highly esteem God's oracle. God's word for my life because it is in that. So you're trying to figure out how to be wise. And in that, you're struggling to be wise. When God says, it's actually you're keeping up with what I've told you. Regarding it and esteeming it, that makes you wise. Again, J um, um, uh, Joseph was seen or was made wisdom to Egypt and the world because he just kept regarding God. The Bible made it so. That 
in the story of Daniel, you will have to hear how even if there's a death declaration in the land of Babylon, that anyone is to pray to another God, that will still not stop Daniel. Why did God have to show that scripture or show that story about Daniel? God needed to show us that his wisdom that we know Daniel for came from his fear for God. He regarded God at all costs. COD, are you willing? Are you willing to regard God's word at all costs? Are you going to put your own integrity or your own image before God's word? Because if you do that, your constant speaking of the word will not bring power. Because the power of God, the, what will change your world, what will change your community is going to be if wisdom is found in you. And don't forget that no carnal man at all costs can access that wisdom. It takes a man who regards what God is saying. It takes a man, a woman like yourself, who at the middle of the day can pause everything because of God's word and regard and esteem it above every other thing, it's going to take that man to access this wisdom that is hidden from everyone else. And what would this wisdom bring? Even your enemies will look for alliance, will try to form an alliance with you because they know that wisdom is principle. Wisdom is first. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you, COD? So go back to the scripture we was reading. Deuteronomy, yeah. 4 verse 6, go on. Observe them carefully. Observe them carefully, go on. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. So don't forget this. God is trying to show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. Remember what one of the scriptures we read today said that you will be rewarded for your wisdom. So the black man is the man without wisdom. That's the reason why he has no reward. How would you have reward? Through your observation, you diligently observe. You are careful with the word you're hearing, the word you are reading, the word that God puts in your heart. You're careful to observe it. And in doing that, what happens? You show naturally. People say, oh, Pastor Obi, how did you come up with this? And I'm starting to realize that, no, my physical brain cannot work out wisdom. What happens is that it is wisdom that the world have not seen when you observe what God is saying. Carry on reading. Go on. Who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Yeah. What other nation is so great? as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. Mm. And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Keep reading, go on. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart. As long as you live. I needed you to see this. It says only be careful and watch yourselves closely. Why? There are things around you, Nikisha, that are going to try and devalue God's word in your heart. There are things around you, the carnal life, the system of the world that will permit things that God did not permit and say it's okay. 
The Bible says, only be careful and watch yourselves. COD, I need you to hear this word today. It says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen and let them fade from your heart. You cannot allow these words. You see, the word you're hearing, the word you heard last night, the word you're hearing now, the words you've been hearing, there are things, there are instruments, there are people, there are, there are systems set up to cause these words be to fade from your heart. But you must look after yourself closely. You must watch yourself closely so that it does not fade. Meaning that if you take away attention from your life for a moment, the, the, you see the awe and the conviction you had in a word, it will depart or it will begin to fade as time goes. He says that I need it to remain with you because I will need you to go and teach them to your children and to their children after them. Verse 10 for me. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. When he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. This, this is my instruction. Your duty, Pastor Obi, is assemble the people and speak the words that God is speaking to you so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live. The problem is people can revere him for a time. But God says it's meant to, it's, that reverence for God is meant to last the duration of your life. So how would a young man keep his way pure? By living according to the word. I took a note yesterday asking myself, can you remove everything you know about life? This is a, you know, because PT made a, a comment yesterday that quickly we've already gone back to eating, playing and everything. PT said that his duty is to speak the word. Does he believe everyone would do it? Honestly, he said no. Why? Because you see, I was saying this to the fortress, the call to reinvent yourself according to the word. It's one so costly that it makes the many reluctant to that change. For example, a person knows that the gym is good for them now. But the pain, the muscular pain, the, the discipline that they must keep up is what makes them reluctant to the change. But the only people that are going to boast in a better body are those who are willing to go through that pain. So I had to ask myself at the age of 28, I had to ask myself, Pastor Obi, are you willing to unlearn everything? Meaning from how do you deal with your, 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 your relatives? How do you deal with your finances? How do you deal with people? How do you give every area of my life? I've had to ask myself, and you can imagine this is not going to be a one-day thing, but this is me constantly thinking, can I unlearn so that I can only be mobilized by God's word for everything? Meaning that I do not move in my marriage according to how I feel. I move in my marriage according to what scripture says. I do not move in my business according to what I see physically. I move in the business according to what God's word says. You see that demand there is what separates leaders from common people. And why does God speak this word to you? As I said to the fortress family, uh, to the fortress HQ, I said to them, look, you see God's word, yeah? Every time God's, God speaks, 
it's a call for you to reinvent yourself. But you see the problem? Not many people are willing to listen and obey that because it's costly. But that's not my point. It says, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me. They may learn to fear me as long as they live in the land and may teach that to their children because that's really the key to success. That's the key to greatness. So I want you to think about this, but you see now, I want to give this thought and I want to give you a word that God has been dealing with me in my heart, that I know that now that we understand, or I hope that we as COD, as a family, we understand the need to fear God. What did I say fearing God is? Regarding him. You really regard the word. You're not going to hear a Thursday word and just say, okay, oh, I've heard it, oh, brilliant. No, you're going to really like, you know, when you put your whole heart and mind into it and you're thinking, okay, how do I keep up? God says I should love people. But the truth is right now, I hate this person. What would I do? Because I revere God. I will keep speaking to myself that I love this person. I love all people. I'll keep speaking it. What would I also do? I'll keep acting love until it becomes natural and be until the spirit fills that area in my life do you understand me cod until that guys we cannot prosper are you still on with me those of you online are you still on with me so here's the here's the word that i want you to fear in quote here's the word i want you to to honor in quote matthew chapter 22 i believe it was right Let's go there. Matthew chapter 22. So what I'm, I'm going to need now is for the whole COD to get Matthew chapter 22 in front of them. Where I'm taking, to, where I'm taking you to is the scripture where Christ said or told or made known to his disciples or to the Sadducees and Pharisees that asked him. He said, of all things that God must have said to man, what is the greatest of them all? You will know the scripture, and I spoke to you about this the other day. You will know the scripture as the great commandments. Verse 34. Let's read together, guys. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the Lord, an expert in the law, tested him with this question: "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it." I love it. It says that this is the first and greatest commandment. But before you can neglect or disregard, because some people will say, I love the Lord. Someone will say, that is the first and greatest commandment. But look, the Bible says the second is like it. Meaning that it's also the first and greatest. There's no difference between the two. He says, and the second is like it. Go on. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself it says upon this all the law and the prophets hang 
on these two commandments. So why is God leading us to this scripture once again? Why is love the topic again? PT has been speaking to us that the base where we receive from is that place called love. PT said to us the other day that you see love. PT was talking about foundations the other day and he said, look, when a foundation is, if there's a problem with a foundation, it's not only that it hasn't been be built well. It can also be that what, you're, what you want to build upon that foundation, that foundation cannot carry. It was with that that PT then said to us that love is the strongest foundation. So why am I emphasizing, why am I going for fear the Lord and all of these things leading us to the place of love is this. Love is everything that God is asking from you. Because the Bible says all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. How would you operate in mature? Because this is what I believe will begin to happen. The maturity of the gifts of the spirit will heighten in the COD family. It will heighten in a way that will even shock you. But how would you operate in that? God says that you see that foundation, that, that dimension, that realm, that house called love. It must be your firm foundation. Loving one another. And you know, one of the scriptures, and we can't go there now, but the Bible says, I think one of the Johns, 1 John or something, he began to say, maybe if you can find it, he began to say that I'm, I'm going to command you or something along the line. I'm commanding you something that, had been commanded from the beginning or something along the lines of that. Let's find that scripture. I'll take my time to find that scripture. Then I'll take you to one place. I've got two more scriptures after this and then we can allow ourselves to go back into our day. I'm not giving you a new commandment along that lines, but one that you have heard from the beginning that will lead me to where I need to take you. It's all right, I'll wait because I know I didn't give you that scripture and I know I may not be quoting it word for word. But if you find that scripture, please, I want us to read it together. Have you found it? First John 2. Can we read there, please? First John Chapter 2. Once you're there, read for me. I don't want us to keep quiet for too long. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command. Brilliant. That's what I'm looking for. Go on. I am not writing you a new command, but an old one. But an old one. You see, for the person that has become so immersed in themselves, so immersed in the systems of the world, guess what happens to them? These people cannot understand that the topic of love has been the first thing that God has tried to speak to them about. If we want to look into how each of the houses will grow to a place whereby they can raise 50,000 or more forgiving and as a collective we can be able to bring a quarter of a million to God's work. If we're going to get there, it's not going to be how 
how brilliant and how exposed in business you are. It's actually going to be your regard, your fear for the word or the command over love. He says, dear friends, I am not writing you a new command because it will sound new. In fact, let's start from verse 5. Go on. It says, but if anyone obeys, but if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. You see that? Regard is what makes you obey God's word. Fear for the Lord is what makes you obey God's word. And it says that if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Then he says, dear friends, in all I am saying, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Imagine God is saying that you have heard it. There's not one person that will be able to say that they've not heard this command. And what is this command? Keep reading for me. Verse 8. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Keep reading. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Okay, so now we're getting into the interaction of people. How God wants his family set up. I was saying to the fortress the other day, but I want to, I want to say this, that what God is looking for now that we have the HOX, we have the HOI, we have helpers house, we have storehouse, we have prosperity house, we have a law house, we have the fortress and all the new houses that will be coming out. What God is looking for in COD is unity with diversity. Meaning that, look, we sometimes think that unity means everyone must look alike. No, God needs there to be, the way God wants things to look is how everything can be interwoven with each other. How can a Tomwa who is so different from a Paris be put together in a way that it looks like a seamless garment? Do you know what I learned today? I learned about the compound of salt. Salt is made by two different compounds. Do you know it? I don't have any science people. One of them is toxic in nature. The other is poisonous. But you see when those two compounds come together, it becomes a flavoring for your food. Interesting, don't you think? What I'm trying to say is that as bad Sorry for this, but as bad as a Tomiwa can be, and as bad as a Paris can be, their togetherness produces something beautiful. This is where I'm going now. Everything I've said is leading to this. Sodium and, and what? Chloride or what? Chloride or chloride, thank you. See, that's why I have good men with me. Sodium and chloride, one is toxic. The other is poisonous, but put together, it produces what is good for you. So what does a leader need to do? He needs to be able to look at people and enforce unity despite their diversity or difference. Because the coming together of two is better than one. 
Okay. You hear me? Verse 9, read it again. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or a sister is still in the darkness. Verse 10. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. What was the commandment of old that seems new? The commandment of love. So now, when we go back into scripture in Matthew 22, the Bible says that you should love your neighbor as yourself. This was the command spoken to Adam that made Adam to know that Eve, though opposite to him, was him. I'll wait. Are you on with me? I need you to hear me. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. And I think it's from here that I'll start to round up. I'm going to repeat what I've just said to you. This commandment of love, which was said from the beginning, was what was said to Adam. That made Adam know that though Eve is the complete opposite to him. In the fact of he's a male, she's a female. It was that commandment of love that you should love your neighbor as yourself that made Adam know that Eve, though opposite, was him. Did you hear that? I have to, the reason why I'm repeating this is based on the first scripture I gave you, Mark 12. You see what I'm saying? Um, um, face value, it sounds like you understand it, but you need to know scripture. So what am I trying to say to you with this? You see Adam, you see Eve, yeah? They are not a story about people back in history. They are a manual for how man should live. Let's, let's read from, where do I want to read from? Let me see what verse 15 says. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So remember that the Bible says that the commandment of love, yeah, was the first said in the beginning, right? So when we read Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then he said, let there be light. Light throughout um, revelation of the Bible, we eventually realized that light was found in Christ. But what, was, what did we realize? That that light is also love. That's what we just read. That was the commandment that starts every creation. Love. So let me say and prophesy through saying this. If a HOX is going to get to a place where they can give whatever they desire in their heart to give. Because I know we all at times want to give something, but we feel that at this moment we can't. You know when you want to give something, but you cannot give that thing, guess what that is an indication of? The lack of power in that area. Now that does not necessarily mean that that's bad. It means you have to grow in that power. So, if a HOX is going to be able to give, if a helper's house is going to be able to give, if a um, fortress is going to be able to give what they want to give, what is put in their heart to give, guess what? You see love. 
Love must be the foundation of why you're even giving. Because love is what brings about the creative power. Let there be light, let there be love, was what made the earth become created. It's what brought about the formation of the earth. So now why am I taking you to the story of Adam and Eve? Because it is more than the story of a man and a woman who lived long ago in history. It is a revelation of how a Nikisha should live in the fact that what will make you, what is stopping you from being everything like God is the lack of union that you're living in. Let me explain that a bit. So God created, in fact, let's go jump to, maybe jump to verse 20 actually, verse 20. Let's just get this out of the way quickly. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. We would have thought that at this point, Adam was made in the image of God. But here's the problem. Should I tell you how he wasn't made? He was not totally the image of God yet. Do you want to know how? In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. If you listen to the words that P.T. preached, yeah, that Thursday, no, no, that the first Thursday service, yeah? Pastor Sam gave a word charge. And he was saying that we have always assumed who God is. But Genesis chapter 1 told us his occupation and who he is. It says, in the beginning, God created. And he emphasized that God is a creator. Meaning, if I then say that a Nikisha is made in the image of God, I must see the creative ability in her. Because that's the ultimate thing that shows me that she is made in God's image. Now, you see, I want you to pardon me because the things I'm going to say will sound very carnal from here on, but they are metaphors. They are things to be considered a revelation for you to understand the function of you with others. This is why Christ said, love your neighbor as yourself. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. What did he do? And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. God is still creating, right? Verse 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Mm -hmm. And she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. How did he know all of this? Love your neighbor as yourself. His first description of her was his understanding that who he was seeing, though opposite, was him. A Melvina in HOX is no different from a faith in HOX. A faith in HOX it's no different from an Esther Longe in Helper's House. But you see, until you understand the topic of truth, you will not know that what God was trying to establish through you as Adam, oh God, was the, was the key component that makes you like him. So I said that this may sound carnal. I want you to hear me. What is the greatest create, creation that a man and woman can make? 
a baby. That is the most complex. That is the craziest creation that a man and woman can make. Did you hear what I've said? So the creative power that God wanted to see in Adam, remember, we're not talking about people in history. I'm speaking a revelation of the manual of your life. The greatest creative power of mankind is for them to be able to find somebody that, I'm thinking of the most decent way to say this, someone that they can work with. If you've, un- if you've got understanding with me, you understand me. There's one that is the giver. There's the other that is the receiver. Irrespective of your physical gender, if a priest and an Anna sit down together saying that we need to produce the greatest, pro- I, we need to show forth our character of God, which is creativity, yeah? And produce the best kind of media structure or office or organization in the COD family. Guess what happens? A priest by herself, as good and diligent as she is, the declaration of heaven over a priest is that it's not good for her to be alone because she will not be like God. Uh, I need you to hear me because you would think this has been a long word, so for you to keep attention is going to be hard, but I'm, I'm trusting God in this. Remember that one day someone came to Christ and said, good rabbi or whatever, and he said, why do you call me good? For only God is good. At that point, PT has taught us this many times, that what Christ was saying is that, do you recognize me as God? Because only God is good. But then God says here that it is not good for man to be alone. Meaning that as much as he is made in my image, he's not yet me if he's alone. So notice that in the creation of man, God did not do it as himself. He said, let us make man. The greatest creation. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So, a priest and an Anna, if they want to create a baby, because you see, every great president, every great inventor, every the person that created the skyscraper, from the person that made the airplanes, from the person that made um, the phone devices, guess what? They were once a baby. A parent made them. The greatest creation is not the phone. It's the person that makes the child. So if a priest and an Anna wants to create the biggest and best media department, they must function as Adam and Eve. Irrespective of their gender physically. What God is trying to show us with the male and the female, and this is why I said it may sound a bit um, vulgar, but hear me. The man is known for giving in sex, right? The woman is, is known for receiving. So if Anna and Paris want to create a baby or create something monstrous, they have to function as Adam and Eve. So at one point in their discussion, this is to help you know why we have long conversations, by the way, guys. 
I'm giving you an explanation why we have long discussions, long words, why we have long meetings. What happens is that Paris can function at this moment as Adam. She's giving forth ideas. But the person she can give forth ideas to must be opposite to her. If not, you cannot create. So, you know, when we, say stupid, when, when we said it's, it's not Adam and Eve, it's, um, it's not Adam and Steve, it's Adam and Eve, yeah? The reason why the person you're working with, Kida, Josh, are you listening to me? I, I haven't seen any of you, but I hope you hear me. The reason why God will call for the union of two separate characters is for this. One must be the giver, the other must be the receiver. So if Anna is the receiver, Eve, and Paris is the giver, that does not isolate Paris to being Adam all the time, who is the receiver. Meaning so Anna and Paris can be sitting on the table brainstorming. And Paris is giving her ideas as Adam, the male. Then Anna, as Eve, is receiving. But Anna can also give. At the moment when she's given, she's Adam. And at that point, Paris is Eve, the receiver. What I'm trying to say to you is that if I say two people should work together, you will never be able to produce something if both of you try to be Adam, the one giving. You must always, listen, uh, Kida, as much as he may be the Adam giving, at some points, he will have to be also the Eve receiving. And the reason why the conversation will take long is because a baby does not come overnight. It takes time for it to be built formed and delivered so in your houses if a pastor enrique in hox calls for meeting after meeting you can complain but what is happening there is god is trying to bring adam and eve together to bring about the greatest creation the greatest creation that marks them as god do you understand that so do you know what will happen each house has a certain trade or trades they will advance their trade, their skill. But then eventually the goal of unity is to say house of influence has found a way. Let's use given as a measure. They have found a way to raise 100K a month. What the fortress will then do is come to HOI as the receiver to learn. And they exchange, oh God, uh, do you understand what I'm saying to you? The exchange will in time bring about the delivery of the greatest creation. What is therefore God's greatest reward, he says? Oh, what is God's reward? The Bible says children are a heritage from the Lord, a reward from God. So I hope it does make sense. So what am I trying to say to you? When they said love one another, Love your neighbor as yourself. We have to go back to the story of Adam and Eve and understand that this was more than an isolated man and an isolated woman. This was God showing the manual for mankind. That Pastor Obi, if you want to produce a COD powerful, you cannot do it by yourself. 
there is somebody that God made opposite to you, but they are so much you. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Yet yeah, I'm a man and they're a woman. They're opposite to me, but the difference of character is what makes us good together. So remember what I said to you about the salt, sodium, toxic, chloride, poisonous. But you put it together and it produces what's good. So I'm simply saying, as I submit today, that everyone needs everyone. Did you hear that? It is not good. It is not God to be alone. If you want to be God, you must. So a Glody and a Kelvin comes together. And what do they produce as their child? MTZ Entertainment. As long as they're alone, as much as they're naming, doing all kinds of activities, God is still in heaven saying, this is still not yet me. A sound mind, as great as it is, that Cicely works on that. If Cicely does not get to a place where love compels her to love her neighbor as herself, even though they are too different, she will not be able to produce sound minds as it needs to be. So in the COD family, what there must be is the power of love. And how would we walk? So you see what happens when we hear the word on love. Guess what happens? When we regard it, in our regard for that word saying love your neighbor, Nikisha, guess what happens? Don't forget the word now. You get proved as wise. The world sees your wisdom. And upon your wisdom, you are rewarded. So let's end with the final scripture. So you know that this is not Pastor Obi's intention, but God's. Ephesians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. And I'll close with this. Ephesians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Go on. His intent, his intent was that now. Maybe read from verse 7 so we can get the full picture. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Mm. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ yeah. and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. What was his intent? His intent was that now through the church... Through who? The church. The church, you and I. God's intention of our creation is that through you and I as the church, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Oh God, I, I, I pray that you hear everything I'm saying. So when God tells us to love, it's ultimately because there's a wisdom in it that he wants to show the world. He says that... His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to who? The rulers and authorities. Where? In the heavenly realms. According to? His eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. It has been his eternal purpose. Moses, what was God doing with Moses? Fear me, Moses. Then in that fear, what was the fear? Go to Egypt. There you are considered a fugitive. 
There's a death warrant over your life. But regard me above that death warrant. Go there, even though you do not know what to do. Regard my word and follow it. What will happen when you go to Egypt, because you are regarding what I'm saying, you'll be shown and found as wisdom. Your wisdom will swallow the wisdom of Egypt. So what's the instruction for us that God wants us to fear? Regard. Love one another. As much as they are separate houses, we are still all one house. What would this therefore need? What's the charge for all of us? I need everyone to go and build your trade, your, ex your skill, your expertise. Build it. Get better so you have something to trade in that market. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, COD? It's important you hear this because soon, and I don't know if I should say this now because I don't know who's on, but soon I'm going to be asking us to do a service. We're going to be doing the viewing centers, so that can be lounges, cinemas, whatever. And this time, like I mentioned to you, rather than having one center, we're going to aim for two with 100 people each. That's what we're going to push for. Guess what that's going to call for? At the commissioning of God, he sends two by two. Amazing mystery. He understands if anything's going to happen, it's going to take the two becoming one. It's going to take the agreement of two. So what we're going to do is have viewing centers. I want it to be that as PT's pushing, we are the people that make it happen. And you see what will hold people back from doing it is they will think, oh, you remember what I taught you the other day? The fear of disappointing. You see, the person that is fearful of disappointing is like the man that only has one bag of gold that hides it. No, you must be prompt. So we're going to go and do that. We're going to push in our giving because I said to you the other day, now is a time that we raise our standard. So I won't go into this. My next broadcast will just be announcements. It won't be word. It will just be announcements of what I think we should be doing or what we should try. Some of you are going to go with Sean to Ireland and try to get um, a bunch of people into viewing centers as well. So I want everyone to be ready for work. But ready for work is understanding the principle of love. And knowing that our fear of the Lord, which is regard for what he's saying, will show forth through us as his wisdom. I love you all. Enjoy your day. Please go back and listen to the word. Love you all. Bye.